0: Hi, you are now listening to a sermon from Harvest Community Church in Hoffman, Estates, Illinois. Today you will hear a sermon from Pastor Frank Pizor. So without further ado, here he is. Good morning, Harvest family. No, it's not Kevin arbor No, it's not Santa Claus. It's me, Pofo. And if you're a visitor to Harvest for the first time, I'm Pastor Frank. I'm one of the three pastors here at Harvest. And on this Sunday, March 29th, I'll be giving the message from Psalm 23. But before we start, let's pray. Our Father, you are in heaven, and we are scattered all over the place today. But we know and trust that you love us, that you care for us, like a father and like a shepherd. Our hope and our prayer is that we learn of you, learn more of you, know you better, love you more deeply uh, through this message, We pray that through this time, this season of life, as we struggle with a sense of isolation from people based on what our job is, our prayer is pretty simple. Let us know you. I pray for those who are on the front lines, first responders who are literally placing their lives and then in a sense their families on the line as well, that you will protect them, that you'll keep them safe, that you'll keep them healthy. We pray that at the end of the season, we're able to come back together stronger and better than we were before. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Today, I want to look at Psalm 23, verses 1 and 2, and they read this way. They read, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. I don't know about you, but I can't sit still. I wanna be still, I long to be still, but I just can't sit still. Now there's a variety of reasons for me as to why I can't sit still. And the first one is this, when I try to sit still, my mind gets distracted by all the things that I have to do, that I haven't done, and I just can't simply rest. I think, I think, I think, and I just can't sit still. In an ironic way, it actually helps me get more things done because I have a to-do list that sits next to me. But even in that, I just can't sit still. There's another reason why I can't sit still. I can't sit still because I often hear voices of judgment in my mind that are telling me that I'm not doing enough or that I'm not doing what's necessary or I don't have a sense of urgency about what's happening in my life. And trying to sit still and deal with those voices keeps me from really being with God. The other day as I was uh, on the trampoline with my daughter Janet and enjoying the weather, enjoying the outside weather, I said to her, you know, let's just sit still. And she's like, no, let's keep playing. So even I realized in that I can't sit still because there's another request. There's another demand to, to do something, to be active, to jump around, even to play. I enjoyed the time, but it just reminded me of why I can't sit still. It's really hard for me to sit still and just be with Jesus. And so today, I want to look at Psalm 23, which is God's psalm for God's provision. And the one thing that he provides for us as sheep and as children is rest. Let me read the text again. Psalm 23, verses 1 and 2. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. Now, before we start into this psalm, you have to understand something about sheep. David is telling us here in this psalm that the shepherd, the good shepherd, the Lord who is his shepherd, brings his sheep to a place of green pastures and still waters. The interesting thing about that and what you need to know about sheep is that sheep are easily frightened, distracted, alarmed. And so if something freaks out in the midst of the flock, the sheep will be running all over the place and they won't be able to settle down and eat, let alone drink. And so what the shepherd has to do is come along and actually make his sheep lie down in these green pastures. He has to lead these sheep by the quiet waters so that they can actually eat and drink in peace. If sheep are not calm, if sheep are not at peace, they will not eat and they will not drink. In fact. One of the books that I read, Philip Keller's Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23, said that sheep can stand by a running river with clean water that's good to drink, but because it's running, they're too fearful to actually drink out of that water. And so the shepherd has to come along and build a little dam so that the water will be calm and at peace for them to actually drink. So when David writes, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, he makes me lie down in green pastures, and he leads me beside quiet waters. He's talking about a shepherd who cares for his sheep deeply. And he sits with them, and he brings them to a place of peace. So I want to ask three questions and deal with them today. And the first one is this, from verse 1. It reads, the Lord is my shepherd. My first question, and you'll see this on the slide, is, who are you? Who are you? When we look at the verse here, you'll see that the word Lord is in capitals. And that's really important because when David says the Lord is my shepherd, what he's really is using the name of Jehovah, which is to a Jewish person, the most respected and loftiest title that can be uttered. In fact, many Jews don't even utter it at all. This Jehovah, this Lord is the self-sufficient God, the God who can exist by himself. The God who has created and sustained the heavens and the earth. And yet the God who has fearfully and wonderfully made us in our mother's womb. Now this is important because when David says, Hey, listen, the Lord is my shepherd. What he's saying is the God who has created the heavens and the earth, the God who is above all, is my shepherd. My shepherd. This God who is so vast, so transcendent, so majestic, so important, is my shepherd. And what he's here is talking about is a relationship that is so crucial to think that someone who is so important, so vast, would actually want to spend time with me, would actually want to spend time with us, should be absolutely mind-blowing. So if we could think of someone famous, um, myself, I would have to think of maybe if you were at a political rally, rally, or you're at a rock concert. And if you could imagine, during the rally or during the rock concert, and we'll pick a rock concert, I don't know what your favorite band is, Uh, maybe I'll say someone like uh, Journey. And uh, I'm at a Journey concert in 1984, which I really actually was, where um, imagine if Steve Perry looking out at the thousands of people out there says, Hey! Hey! Isn't that Frank Peazor? Hey, Frank, come on up here. You come on and sing with us. Of course, he probably wouldn't do that because uh, I don't have a good voice for singing. But can you imagine the sense of fellowship, of relationship that I would have, that he would call me out among thousands to actually join him on stage in concert? Only gives us a small, minute idea of what it is that the God of the universe, the one who's created the heavens and the earth, would actually call me to be his child, would actually be my shepherd, my father, my caregiver. That's just the idea of who are you? And this Lord, this Lord whom we call Father, this Lord who is Jesus, this Lord who is Holy Spirit, comes to be with us in relationship. Now, what do you do? Our next question is what do you do? The Lord is my shepherd. What does a shepherd actually do? Well, a shepherd does a lot of things for the sheep. He provides. What does he provide? He provides for their needs. In such a way as you see here, says the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Our needs are met. We are content. He provides for us food and drink and rest, which we see in verse 2. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He gives us restoration. He restores my soul. When we fall, the shepherd comes along and he restores the sheep. He gives us guidance because it says he guides us in paths of righteousness. And he even guides us through the valley of the shadow of death. The shepherd provides. And the last few verses are just how the shepherd provides an abundance, not only now, but forevermore. So what do you do? If we were to look at the shepherd, we would say that the shepherd clearly is one who provides for us. He provides everything that we need. Now, when we recognize here, and we're looking at this, when it says that he makes me lie down in green pastures, the idea is it's not any pasture, but it's a lush pasture. pasture. It's a pasture where we can actually sit down and enjoy a good meal. It's almost like if you went to Ruth Chris and didn't have to pay anything every day. That's kind of the idea of being in these green pastures or the idea of being led beside these quiet waters. It's drinking the good stuff. The good stuff, the LaCroix, if I might, which is probably not even the best or highest or the Perrier sort of water. But the Lord brings us there because he provides for us, because he cares for us, and he wants to bring us to a place of rest. And so here in the midst of all this, when we recognize the chaos of our lives and the chaos of our times, recognizing that as sheep, chaos can distract us. It can send us in many directions. It can send us in all kinds of places, places where we don't want to be, places where we are driven by anxiety rather than peace. He wants to bring us to a place of rest. During a time like this when we're not really sure what everyone is saying because there's confusing signals out there and we wonder what's going to happen and how it's going to affect our health, how it's going to affect our finances, how it's going to affect our jobs and everything around us. The shepherd, the Lord who is our shepherd, my shepherd, your shepherd, wants to bring us to this place of rest, wants to bring us to this place of peace where we actually are with him in relationship. Which brings me to our third question, why it matters. Why does this psalm matter at all? Why does it matter that the Lord is our shepherd? Why does it matter that we shall not want? Why does it matter that we lie down in green pastures? Why does it matter that he leads us besides quiet waters? Well, as I read and understand the Bible, I believe the Bible teaches us that God has created us for relationship with him. Our creator, our father, and our shepherd wants us To know him by entering into his rest. Think about this. Again, the high king of heaven, the one who has created the heavens and the earth, the one who has stepped down from eternity to walk in our world, and not only to walk in it, but ultimately to die on a cross for our sin, only to be raised from the dead and to ascend into heaven and be seated at the right hand of the Father. That God, that Father, that Son, that Spirit has come to be in relationship with us. It matters. Incredibly, because his desire is not only to know him, but to know the peace that he provides his people. In another sense, it matters for this reason. When we recognize who God is, and we come to a place where it says here in verse 1, I shall not want, I am content, it is an advertisement or an advertisement, depending on how you wanna say it. It's an advertisement in this way. And and there's a power in advertising, is there not? How many of you are in marketing? Joe, are you in marketing? You're in advertising, you know what it's like. Uh, Take, for instance, the power of Yelp. How many of you have ever used Yelp? You open up Yelp and you look and you see all that stuff and you kinda go, wow, this is a great place. And then you get to that one star um, and you think, wow, this guy has a lot of complaints, this must be real. And you might not go to a restaurant if the rating is low because Yelp is so powerful. And Yelp is so powerful, they even have a new company out there called Reputation Defender, which repairs your reputation that might have been destroyed by some other kind of recommendation that's online. Now, the the idea behind this, what I want to share with you is that when we are content in Christ, when our lives are filled with Christ, and who he is, and what he's done for us, we're actually walking billboards. We have a personal testimony. We have a way of saying, the Lord is my shepherd. I'm content. Everything I need, I have because of him. I don't need more. I have him. That's what I want. All the other stuff that I have is great. It's good to have all those other things, but I have him. And so when the world sees that in the midst of this chaos, a church that rises up and says, you know, these are difficult times. We are going to struggle. We are going to have problems that could very well go beyond what we can even think or imagine at this time. But we do know this. We have Jesus. We have Jesus. And when people can look at that contentedness that we might have, whether there's a COVID-19 problem, or we go back to the way that life used to be before it, there's still that sense of contentment, that hopeful contentment, that sense that God is not only for us, but he is with us, that allows us to be the type of advertisement for God. The advertisement that says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, I have everything that I want. Now, throughout this uh, message, my hope is that when you see who the shepherd is, what the shepherd has done, and why it matters, you'll come to a place where, Where you'll want to slow down. Where, like these sheep here in the Psalm, you will actually say that I can lie down in these green pastures and that I can sit beside these still waters and eat and drink to my heart's contentment to be in a place where I actually enjoy God. Now, during these times, and let me finish with this, I want to call, uh, I want to conclude with an, an understanding and a call to action, or in the sense, inaction that will help us get to know this shepherd even more. The first thing I want us to do is we need to acknowledge that we are a hurried people. So bear with me, but let me see if you can pass this quiz. What do you do when you're stuck in a grocery line and you can't move? Now, if you're like me, you're probably looking around and seeing what is the shortest line that I can get through in order to get out of here as fast as I can so I don't waste time. And as I'm doing that, I'm always trying to figure out, well, that person was there and that person was there. And I want to make sure that I get through faster than them because I want to make sure that in my hurry and I can actually get out of the grocery store faster than the people who were in front of me. What do you do when you're in a line? What do you do when you're in a line? Now, another thing that you might do is you might pick up your phone, might look, start checking out all the things that you haven't been able to do. In all of that, we don't ever really stop and think, you know what, during this moment... While I'm in this line, this might be an opportunity for me to slow down, to be in a green pasture, to lie beside a still water in order to be with Jesus. So, we need to acknowledge this. The other day, I recognized I'm in a hurry. I'm a hurried person because Caleb Choi recommended a book for me. It's entitled, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And this book goes through all kinds of things about how we need to slow down, how our, our lives are too fast-paced, slow down, do these four disciplines and it will help you. It took me a whole week to read through that book. Now, some of you are going, wow, a week? Man, you read a book in a week? That's fantastic. Well, the problem with reading a book that's talking about the ruthless elimination of hurry is that I hurried to get through the book because I wanted to be able to practice all the things so that I could actually slow down. Ironic, isn't it? It doesn't make sense. I'm a hurried person. Now, now, in all this, I need to acknowledge that I am a hurried person and that I need to slow down, not just to watch more TV, not to watch more video games, not to take more naps, not to do more things, but to actually be with Jesus. And so the second thing that I would offer us to do is this. We need to make every effort to slow down, every effort to slow down. At a time like this, many of us are isolated at home. I'm at home with my family of seven. Uh, It's been a time of utmost peace from 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. when we're all sleeping. No, I'm just kidding. It's been a good time. It's been a valuable time, an important time, an enjoyable time to be with my entire family. But I still need to make every effort to slow down, to be at peace and in relationship with God. See, the reality is when I actually spend time with God, that peace... In the midst all the chaos becomes a reality. And if I don't spend that time with God, the chaos becomes even more chaotic. I become anxious. I become, I'll say, grumpy, uh, which in other terms, was easily uh, lit fuse, uh, quick to anger, those th- sort of things. Those aren't good things. Those aren't the things that are advertisements for the Lord being my shepherd. What I want to be is the person who is slow enough to realize that this time, at this time when the family is together, this is a time to enjoy one another. And it's awesome because we live in an unprecedented day and age and time where we may never get something like this where we can so be together with family. We can so spend time with God and make it uninterrupted time with God. And in this time, my encouragement is for each and every one of us to actually slow down. Don't waste this time that you have to be in these green pastures, to lie beside these still waters, to be with God. Instead, eat, drink, and be content. Amen. Well, on the final slide, I have uh, two things for you, or some things that I want you to do. Uh, discussion questions. You'll see the discussion questions that are there. The first one is, when you have free time, what do you do with it? Uh, personally, my tendency is, I'll read a book or I'll watch some TV. Uh, not necessarily a bad thing, but during this time, we want to be able to spend time with God. Second question, when do you feel most connected with Jesus? Describe what you do or don't do in order to get connected. Now, for me personally, when I think about that, uh, It's just reading God's Word, slowing down, reflecting, and praying. It takes a lot of effort to actually do that because if you're like me, there's a lot of things that are going on in your mind. And finally, this is the last thing I want everyone to try as an exercise. It's this. Take three to five minutes and use a timer on your phone or somewhere else so that you're not sitting there wondering how long you're going and sit still and reflect on Jesus as your shepherd. Now, to help you concentrate, my encouragement is to do this. Slowly repeat the phrase... The Lord is my shepherd. And emphasize a different word each time you go through it. So giving you an example, you might say, The Lord is my shepherd. And think about what does it mean with the? And then the next word, Lord. The Lord is my shepherd. And go through that and take five minutes and then let me know how it went. I'd love to hear from you. I hope it's been a good exercise. And then on the final slide here that I have for you is a link to a YouTube video that Mr. Jacob uh, used a few weeks ago when he preached to the youth group And it was a really good video, and it gives us an idea of what Jesus is, what God our Father is as Lord, how how vast the universe is as it pans out to the universe after focusing on this girl, and how it comes back in and then goes all the way down to the very molecules of who she is, showing us that God plays a part in all of that, that the Lord, who is our shepherd, is God, who loves us, is for us, is in us, and with us. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I pray um, just quite simply at a time like this that we develop a habit and a discipline of being with you and that we would recognize that being with you really is a great thing. It's a good thing. It's a filling thing. And I pray that that's what happens. Not just today, this Sunday, moving forward, but throughout this time when we are isolated in many ways from our church family and isolated from many other people, staying at home even that we not only spend time catching up on Netflix or playing games with the family, but we also spend time with you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the sermon from Harvest Community Church. If you would like more information or have any questions or comments, check out our website at harvest-community.org. Thanks for listening.